They need to come up with a chip that I can plug in behind my ear. What would that do? Your iOS would be in my head. Oh, now we're talking. So, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 64 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co host in Whitby, Ontario, Aaron Bay. Hi there. And we're also joined by our co-host in Seattle, Washington, Jaime Lopez. How's it going? And the third co-host is Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. So, Mark, did you decide if you're going to go to uh, CocoConf? I haven't decided yet. Uh, CocoConf is, is in uh, San Jose this year, this weekend, actually, Friday and Saturday. So I'm thinking about going, but I haven't decided yet. Depends on my schedule, I think. Jaime, you've been to CocoConf before, right? Yes, in the Seattle and Portland area, just depending. I think they alternate between the two sites. Right. So, what do you what do you think about uh, them in general compared to say a 360 iDev or? I think it's pretty comparable to a 360 iDev. It. Um, I don't think it focuses as much on the indie business side as 360 mm-hmm. iDev does. Um, mm-hmm. I think it tends to be somewhat more um, more based on the technical side than than the business aspects. So I think mm-hmm. that's how it differs. It's roughly the same size. It's I don't know that. 200 to 400 person range so it's considerably smaller than wwdc uh, a little bit bigger than um ns north yeah kind of just judge where you are with that and it's like a three-track sort of conference right yeah two two, two yeah two to three tracks i think from what i remember well, Jaime, you posted this uh, piece from uh, our buddies here in Toronto, Agile Bits, uh, about one password for teams. Do you have something to say about that, or just a quick note here? So, um, a lot of folks use one password as their password manager. It's it's great for personal use. The one thing it hasn't done until today is be usable in a shared group environment, right? So, if you're you know a smaller company, let's say. Um, or maybe you just have friends and family that you have to manage things for or manage things with. You haven't had a, a really good way to have that group managed atmosphere that you might get from, um, I've personally used uh, PassPack and um, uh, Meldium and a couple other options that are escaping me at the moment. And, and they're okay, and they're generally web-based solutions. Um, and they're just not as nice and seamless as you would get from one password. So this is really great. So you could just have groups you can have all the different authorization levels where some people can you know read the the key or the value but they can't change it right so you have administrative mm-hmm. privileges and whatnot so the blog post here probably does a better job of selling it than i do it was just more of an fyi to folks that you know if you're out there and you're evaluating these kind of things for your small group small company whatever what have you you know one password is continuing to evolve and this is another one you should check out so this is a product that's already available or pending or it says reserve your one password team it's, now. So it's, it's a coming. beta. Ah. Yeah. yeah, it's a beta right now. So they've been working on this thing for two years, believe wow. it or not. Uh, I talked to Dave today on Twitter about it, and uh, they've been working on it for a long time. And so this is the culmination of two years of work, and it's in beta right now. They have not announced pricing yet, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they're allowing people to sign up and try the product and start using it in their own teams. Well, it's funny because I was just talking to my wife today. We use one password on our on our shared devices right and uh you know we're both business partners here so we you know there's there's a fiduciary duty that if i get hit by a bus she has access to my stuff right um so that that timing couldn't be better right (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's one way to look at it hooray for you guys (laughs) 
signing up as we speak, by the way. So where do we want to start? Start with the Apple TV. I mean, that seems like the big one. Did uh, Mark, Jaime, did you guys get one? I did not. Wow. did not. Hmm. Okay. So, Tim? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I can tell you that. So I've, uh, of course, I downloaded um, um, PCalc. And uh, thanks to James Thompson for giving us, I asked him to give me, I couldn't figure out how to take a screenshot on the Apple TV. I'm thinking of all the devices we have. We've, you know, since Adam was a boy, we've been able to take screenshots on our Macs and then on our iPhones as well. And I foolishly asked the Siri remote, how do I take a screenshot? It said, hold down the power and home button at the same time. Power. Yeah. Well, because it's answering for iOS, right? Right. So, um, yeah, there is no way to take a screenshot on the Apple TV other than plugging in a USB cable to it. And the the, the online suggestions are, in my opinion, are comical. They say download Xcode. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, sign up for, you know, go to the Apple store, download Xcode, and then take a screenshot with Xcode when you can just as easily plug in the USB cable and open QuickTime and do a a movie recording and and get it off there. So, so I got a, I got a screenshot of 40 of, um, from to do peak out because I thought it was funny because we were talking about it on the show last week. Right. Sure. But then I tweeted to James, who's, you know, seven hours ahead of us. And he, so he sent me his. Six, seven, five. he's in five, five, whatever. Five. It's daylight savings time. We're all confused. Okay. Um, anyway, so he uh, he sent me over the screenshot that I actually used on the show, which is, you know, where he's got the number 42, which is the name of his company, right? So, uh, isn't it? No. That's just. Or 42 is the icon for, for, for uh, PCALC. PCALC, yeah. That's just uh, his yeah. company name is. Uh, oh, I used to know it. <laughs> Uh, but then again, 42, we all know what 42 is, Yes, right? it's the answer. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. TLA Systems Limited. Okay, well, uh, I guess like that, when when I was building Magpie for the Apple TV, I had to get screenshots, you know, for the App Store yeah, listing. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, sort of had the same head-scratching moment as you did, I guess. But uh, then, of course, I realized Xcode, and I plugged it in and took the screenshots, mm-hmm. and that's no problem. Um, but when you think about it, like, what are they going to do? Like, say that there was a uh, like a combination of buttons on the remote that you could press. It takes a snapshot, and then what? How do you oh, get yeah, it? Oh, yeah, where does it go? Well, <laughs> you know? wouldn't it, yeah, couldn't it save it into your photo library like every other app on the Like your the iCloud system? photo library, the one that it apparently doesn't support on the Apple TV? Oh, okay, right. Oh, sick burn. Right, There's no iCloud right. photo library. I, I lied. Uh, Mark, you asked me about that last week, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I said it did. Um, I'd only browsed it fairly quickly, the, uh, the, the photos app on the Apple TV. And mm. uh, my photos were there, but not like all of my photos. Uh, so it fooled me. Uh, there is no iCloud photo library support there. No Apple Music there. Um, so some odd omissions. But huh. so what um, photos do you see if if they're not the ones in in iCloud? It's my photo stream. A photo stream. Okay. Yeah, my photo stream. Uh, confusingly, okay. of course, okay. you know anyone mm-hmm. who can keep right. track yeah. of all of these different photo streaming products yeah. from Apple yeah. should get a medal. God, Mark, you sound awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 a fairly limited product, you know, and I think one of the things that surprised me about the Apple TV is I think we all had the notion that Apple was uh hanging on to this thing for a long time, for yeah. for maybe years even, uh while yeah. they were trying to make these content deals that would have become part of um this sort of uh I, I want to call it a cable TV uh experience where you would be able to flat rate buy like a package from Apple and be able to watch standard television. Yeah. And that never happened. Right. So, um, I just had the feeling that they, they were 
they were holding on to this platform for some time. Um, hmm. But that demonstrably does not appear to be true <laughs> because there are so many omissions, you know. Um, like take, for example. Emissions, emissions in terms of apps or emissions in terms of features or just functionality. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the things that are okay. missing, you know, like, you know, the, the amazing setup process. Um, right. So, oh, yeah, using your iPad or your iPhone. Yeah, you yeah, get your sure. iPhone out and you, you hold it near the Apple TV when you first start it up and, it, and it, you, you work the initial setup through the iPhone in your hand. Yeah. Uh, it picks up all your Wi-Fi settings. Exactly. Like you don't have like to magic. the password. It is magic. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But it stops there. At that, After that, you can't use your iPhone at all to control the Apple TV. The remote app but, doesn't work. Also, you can't pair a Bluetooth keyboard with it. Oh, really? That's another okay. omission. Hmm. So that's I you know this stuff is all coming obviously like there's there's no question yeah. in my mind this is right. going to happen but it hasn't happened yet so so they haven't been sitting on this for a while they've been they've been rushing it out the door just like they were with the watch and yeah. with every other platform but are you well, using the, well, the it Tim? Yeah, I've used yeah I've used it a few times. I've, I've downloaded a few apps. I've played a little bit of uh, Alto's Adventure, and I've you know added a couple of numbers together in PCalc. And uh, oh come on, now I watch. I, I, I downloaded the CBC News app, which is cool because you can you can if you're a Canadian and you want to watch the the news, you can. I'm a Canadian. There's a news, yeah, it's a news app, and you can just it's just like I'm sure in the states you can get the USA Today or the ABC apps and all that kind of stuff, right? Does the CBC um, one stream video? Yeah, like yeah, live so video. You can, so, well, I don't know if it's no, it's not live. Okay. I mean, it's sort of like their podcast material, I'm sure, right? Because okay. but you can but you can watch like today's national. Uh, the national is our big uh, news show at you know normally at uh, ten. What time is it on? At ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten at night. Um, you can watch that. You know, um, and I, and I did. I watched a little bit of it, and, and you can fast forward to through it too, which you can't do with say a Rogers a Rogers account where you, if you download a, a show like that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so, so for consuming content is pretty cool. I want to ask you though, it's the the remote's been taking a lot of a beating on um on the internet and i gotta i gotta give a shout out to andy anako he's an interesting uh, journalist because he always <laughs> sort of gives you the well he gives you the one thing I, I i i have to thank him every day when i when i use the keyboard on my mac or oh, sorry my ios devices because he sort of showed he demonstrated the thing where you know if you want to change to a number press and hold down on the number pad and then slide over the number you want and let go and it goes back to the alphanumeric keyboard things like that or or if you if you're trying to zero in on your the cursor in a word that you selected if you roll your rock your finger back and forth you can you can you know move the cursor move the the beam back and forth right little things like that so on the um the apple remote which was take you know i was fumbling with it like i said when i first got it couldn't even figure out how to cut a click out of the box right um, when I first got it, but and that was impeding my setup process. But uh, he was sort of explaining today about the, the or a couple of days ago about the the speed at which you swipe, right, it has an effect over how you um, access keys. So, you know, the password entry or uh, any any text entry you have to do is painful because you get the three line, you get the a to a to z on one line, you one to one one to nine plus all the all the punctuation, and then you get the uppercase and lowercase, and you're pressing the play button, switches between uppercase and lowercase, things like that. Um, and and so once he sort of explained that that's how you kind of whip around this this uh, this remote to navigate, it's super simple to, to enter text now. I mean, relatively super simple, yeah, right? It's not simple, but people are like like a lot of people are still are. It's like they've got five thumbs trying to work on this this uh, remote, right? So, and that maybe. Maybe it's part of what they kind of rushed out the door. Like maybe they were waiting to try and perfect, perfect that sort of interface, you know? I'm sure a lot of work went into that, no doubt. 
I mean, it's yeah. it's a very refined uh, user user interface. I think mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the the sort of <laughs> the tactile feel. You know, yeah, they appear to have spent a lot of time on the tactility of the UI when the way you can move over that trackpad, which has a sort of tactility to it, if you will. It's it's a little rough, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you move your thumb along that, and then the way that focus moves between elements on the screen, it sort of has a tension to it as you move from right. one to the other. You can feel it for sure when you're moving slowly, right? And it goes away when you move quickly. But when you have your focus on a letter, and you ease to the right, and you can kind of see it lean a bit to the right, and then fall off the cliff and onto the next one. Right, right. It has a, it's, it's a very interesting feel that they very clearly worked on quite a bit so that's the that's the ui dynamic stuff where it work right well underlying that sure yeah it seems yeah. like it yeah uh, it's yeah. very cool very cool mm-hmm. uh but there's stuff missing obviously um see so you you um have plugged it in i guess yeah. tried yep. it and yep. but it's not it's not uh, sort of replaced anything in your house i take it oh it's replaced by apple tv like period okay. like, uh, like well so here, here's another thing here's another pet peeve of mine i'm you know i've been a rogers customer for a long time and they've got the rogers box you know, I used to buy their their PVRs, and just because I'd rather buy it out and have them pay them, you know, twenty dollars a month for the next ten years or whatever. But I, I, I have the Xbox Three, and and I also have a Sony Blu-ray player, and I have an LG TV. And when I if my everything's off, right, and I fire up the the Blu-ray player, no matter what inter, in, interface is is the active interface on my TV, the, there's a Sim link or something like that that switches the interface to the HDMI port that the Blu-ray player is plugged into. Right, and so when the, so then so it's a, you put a disc in, start watching where you go. My Rogers box, you know, then I have to if, as soon as I fire that up, I have to go and put it back on the appropriate port because it's dumb as a sack full of hammers, right? But the Apple TV picked up where where the Blu-ray player does as well. You just I, my if everything's cold right now, I walk over to the remote, tap the remote, it turns on my TV, switches over the HDMI port, and automatically fires up, well, it fires up the TV, obviously, or the Apple TV. Yeah, I wanted so, to talk about that. There's yeah. a huge amount of intelligence that Apple has put into this to integrate with this stuff in your home theater system. You know, one of the things that kind of blew me away uh, was how I was able to immediately uh, control the volume of the TV set. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. with, with the Apple TV remote. And oh. this, like, in this case, like, the, the, I had it plugged into a TV in my office, which is not my main TV. It's just one that I, I have there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, I moved the Apple TV uh, into our living room and replaced the Mac Mini that was there. Oh, And wow. so it, it is now our, our family's main media consumption device. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our case, the, uh, we don't have cable, so uh, our Apple TV is, is the only thing that we have. So can I ask a question? Just okay, go ahead. I don't, I don't, mean, don't mean to interrupt you, but um, do you use Plex? Yes. So have you installed Plex yes. on the Apple TV now? Okay. Yes, I have the Plex carry on. Um, the thing, the thing that we found, uh, or that I found rather, was that uh, the Apple TV can learn other remotes. So I have the uh, the, the TV in my in my living room, and mm-hmm. I also have a sound bar, and it's a Sony sound bar and a Samsung television. Uh, bought before I realized how much I hate Samsung. <laughs> God, they're so terrible. <laughs> anyway, they make good TVs. <laughs> and VCRs, yes. yeah. This TV was actually made before they, their whole, you know, we're going to copy Apple's uh, iPhones all over the place. And yeah. so this this was some years ago. There's this technology called CEC, which allows uh, home theater devices to sort of communicate with each other. And, allow, and, and it's the foundation of Apple's 
Apple TV's uh, control over uh, the volume on the TV and the power of it too. So put your Apple TV to sleep and the, com- and the TV turns off as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You wake it up, it turns the TV on too. Uh, one thing that I wasn't able to control out of the box when I plugged it into my living room TV was the sound bar. It's a separate thing connected by an optical cable, so ah. the, the, the Apple TV couldn't see it. But you can get um, the Apple TV to learn uh, a different remote. So it has a UI where you go and add a remote and then hold up the sound bar's remote for volume, mm. push the oh, volume yeah. up, and it learns it, push the volume down, it learns it, and you're done. It was mm. super simple. And from that point on, I didn't have to use that remote to control the volume on my soundbar. The Apple TV remote does it. Right. The right. only thing it doesn't do is turn my soundbar on when it's off. Yeah. So that, <laughs> for that reason alone, I have to keep it around. But the TV remote is in a drawer now. It doesn't need to be there at all. Very exciting. Well, it's, like, it's like me and my LG remote. I keep it, in, I keep it on the side table with my other remotes. Um, which I, you know, primarily use my Rogers remote to control my, my set desk. What do you call those set top boxes? Set top box. Yep. You know, so I have it there because every now and then something will, uh, the turn, the turning on sequence will get out of whack. Or, exactly. Or I'll have been watching a Blu-ray movie and the Rogers box is too dumb to move it over. And yep. yeah, you can, you can reprogram your Rogers remote, but every time the batteries fall out, it forgets everything, you know? Um, so right. I keep the, the Apple TV remote in the box beside me, but I just love the fact that I can just walk over to the TV and just fire it up. And I mean, Apple TV, I mean, and just fire it up. And so it, it moves me this much closer to being in the same page with you and that's getting rid of cable because that's another hundred dollars a month that i you know big rudge paying you know exactly oh it's it's so great i've been there for years now and it's uh i've had no regrets except you know uh nfl a little bit <laughs> but i'm not a huge fan i wouldn't miss us nfl at all yeah so. well live sports are really the only w- reason that anyone should keep television i think anymore but um Mm. The, the the scene in my living room is much improved now. So if you go in there, it used to be I'd have a Mac Mini plugged into the television uh, yeah. with a uh, an Apple Bluetooth keyboard and a Magic Mouse on the table, along with a um, the Harmony remote for the TV, a, an Apple TV re- or sorry the speaker t- uh, remote control and these uh, the TV remote control. Did I get all that? Anyway, a bunch of remote controls, a keyboard, and a mouse on the uh, living room table. All of that is gone now, and it's just one little Apple remote sitting in the middle of it, and uh, it's a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. So if, if you set it up right, and it's still, you know, it still requires some messing around to get it set up and working. <laughs> but out of the box, it is remarkable how, mm-hmm. how much work has gone into just getting it all working together. And I think if... if um, if we're missing features in other places, I think it's because Apple spent a ton of time in this spot. They've, so they've built a really strong foundation, and they can they can add their features now. Here, here's the funny thing, though, is that it obviously doesn't work for everyone. You know, when when you mm. said that it's been panned all over the internet, um, sure, yeah, yeah and yeah, well, I mean, I'm talking about Twitter primarily, and, and the journalists, like you know, the, the that's exactly what I'm talking about too. Yeah. Um, I saw a link from Daring Fireball tonight about uh, a, a podcast with uh, Jason Snell and Mike Hurley, I believe, uh-huh. and they spent some time uh, roughing up the TV setup experience because for them it just didn't work that great. Why? Uh, you know, reasons. <laughs> uh, home theater reasons because there are so many mm. diverse pieces of equipment out there and who knows right. what situation you're in. For my, my example, uh, it worked very, very well. It's not perfect, but it worked very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it obviously won't do that for everyone. Well, I mean, the one the one 
thing we should talk about with the Apple TV, especially as iOS developers and people who have an interest in making money off of selling apps ha! on the on the quote unquote air quotes app store. Must be some what other app store. What do you think store? about the process of finding apps on the Apple TV? Obviously, it needs work. It needs work. It's absolutely uh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, For those of you terrible. who don't know, the only way to find apps on the app store is you go to the app store, you switch over to uh, the featured page, if you will, and there's a search, right? And the search is, again, that long alphanumeric search bar, and you have to know the name of the app you're looking for. The or, worst. I guess you have to know the keywords to find it, right? Yeah, so. it's not. Yeah, it's not just the name. Like to give an example, uh, on day one, I looked for the Plex app. Right, we talked about right, that. Right. So I started typing in Plex. Plex wasn't available mm. on day one of the App Store, but an alternative was called Simplex. Ah, right. And because they had used the word Plex in their product description, it came up. And to their benefit the search is auto-updating as you type, right? So you, you go P and then haul your way back to the L and then you hit the E and yeah. now by this time it's showing simplex. Right. Mm-hmm. So that worked out fine. Uh, the other thing that you can do is if um, many, obviously many Apple TV apps have an iOS equivalent. And sure. if you own that app already on iOS, then you can find it much more readily under the purchase tab in your sure. Apple TV yeah. store. So. It's not entirely without hope, and you really, you know, the, I think the big omission here is just Siri integration with the App Store. Yeah, I was it's not say, exactly. Yeah, yep. and uh, you know, it'll come. Obviously, it'll come. Um, but you know, if Apple had to spend its time, you know, making the setup as polished as possible, then this is something that they that is yet to come. Hmm. Um, but you I know, I want to say that said they were adding a uh, categories page or something like that to make it a little easier to browse. Well, that would be nice. Yeah, I think I did hear about that. Um, I, I haven't seen it because I haven't had time to watch TV today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I think I did hear something about that. That would that would you help. Watch our, you didn't watch our prime minister being sworn in today? Uh, no, I tried, and uh, <laughs> it was a Tico URL, so of course I couldn't open it. Oh, right. Sick right. burn, it's Tico. <laughs> um, uh-huh. No, but I uh, followed it on Twitter. Cool. So, yeah, so I think search and Siri integration will make a big difference for, for the App Store there. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing a lot of developers have been complaining about is the fact that because people can't find their apps, some developers who went Apple TV only are, are in the dark. Yeah, they are. The ones, the ones that are, like I think you're like yourself, who have a, an integrated app where it's available in both markets in the same binary or similar binaries, um, then... Or it's, you released yours under one binary, right? Didn't you? Well, it's I don't know how to describe. It's a, tar- it. it's, a tar- it's a target attached to your your same bundle ID, right? Something, 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 something. Yeah, same like thing. That. Yeah. Anyway, but people can find Magpie through by hook or by crook, right? So if they have it on so iOS, you, then it's under their purchase tab. Yeah. The, so I, I mean, I guess I guess Magpie is probably a bad example as far as sales go. But God, is it ever? Uh, oh my good yeah. lord! Oh, I'm crying. Okay, would that people would be buying it? They would at least have a half a chance of finding it on the on the app store on the sorry on the iOS app store than they would on the TV OS app store. You say that, right? And that's yep. what some of the developers were saying is is thank God that they they published through both platforms. Quite right, quite right. Yeah, I, I wonder what the you know the standard sort of experience will be for acquiring new apps on the TV. You know, mm-hmm. the TV is such a passive experience. You've gone there to sit down and just you know you're not doing work anymore. Mm-hmm. So this isn't. Think of the context that you use to uh, to buy apps on the on the iOS app store. You know, say you're you're sitting in a waiting room or something. You pull out your phone and you're bored, so you look at the app store and see what's new, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very common experience. 
Yeah, it's like flipping through a magazine. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, or you hear about something and you, you go to it. But when you're going to watch TV, you're, you're there to relax, to chill. And uh, it, you're not there to conduct a task, such as yeah. browsing well, an app store know. and looking for apps. Yeah, I'm a TV watcher like I think Jaime is, too. Like, I usually have my iPad or my Mac with me when I'm watching TV. Right. So, so Or I've got my phone, and, you know, if the, t- if the show bores the hell out of me, I'll, I'll be on Twitter or Slack in a minute, right? So, Well, see, there's a difference between you and me, right? Because I don't have cable. And so if I'm watching something on TV, oh. I'm watching it. I'm not, I don't just have it on in background, and I might be doing something else. Mm, so you're focused, yeah. Yeah, I am focused yeah. on what's on TV because um, I, I use it very deliberately. Yeah. For, well, for me, the radio and the, and the television, they're, they're background noise, and occasionally I'll just, something will be said and catch my attention, or somebody will be interviewed or whatever, and I'll you know, stop what I'm doing and watch that, right? So so you, yeah. you tell me then, uh, because you're probably much more um, uh, common than, than what I do, how, how likely is it, do you think, that people will be to decide that browsing the Apple TV app store is a thing that you'll do? Well, it's what you do now with with a TV remote, right? You sit there and you flip through the TV, like channel flipping. For, yeah, you flip through the the categories, like Mark was saying, and see what's new. Oh, hey, that looks interesting. I mean, that that initially, you know, if you think back to where we were, you know, three years ago when when all this stuff was new, that's what you would do. You would go to the you would go to the app store and you would look for an iPhone app. You'd go to the app store and look for an iPad app, right? Now it's like forget it. You know, unless if it's not if it's not on the feature page, it's not going to get noticed, right? Right. Even even with the categories, I I still think the categories. Apple's wrong. I mean, I hope they do put categories on the app on the app on the TVOS app store. But I think they're wrong about categories having any value. We had this discussion with that with some iTunes people a few years ago about you know the the way the keywords work and it was first you know the first keyword and the secondary there's a first level and the secondary category level and and I have a really hard time believing that people actually are able to find stuff on the app store or even the i you know podcasts on iTunes are impossible to find as well right so unless somebody sends you a link or gives you a specific you know url you're not going to find it obviously yeah well there's just yeah. too many too many <laughs> yeah, of all yeah. those things too many podcasts too many apps yeah, too much yeah. media there's there's no way to how how does one adequately yeah that's true silo this stuff in a way that can put the whatever you want in front of you Machine intelligence, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no that's idea. sort of I, yeah. I went, and it's not AI for Siri, but at least at least Siri would be able to search for things on keywords, right? If if they had integrated it, right? Right. So yeah, and like they do for video, but only for the video apps that are supported with that. So Plex is not, for example. You right, know, when I say right. I, I want to watch The Good Wife, uh, it'll yeah. bring up The Good Wife on iTunes and Netflix. But right. not my own personal library of the Good Wife awesome show. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's there's still more to come, and I I know that uh, Siri search API support is also one of those things to come, so that Plex mm. can update to include that. One of the things that I really love is the uh, video scrubber when you're watching a video, and this is no matter what app you're in, uh, Netflix or Magpie <laughs> or Plex. Um, you put your your thumb on the on the trackpad and you can scrub it with abandon and it will keep up, show you a thumbnail, and be super slick. Oh, so as you're assuming fast fast forwarding, back yeah, you want to fast forward okay. or go backward, catch something. Well, you know, on 
any other device, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like a replay button for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you want or to fast like, forward, yeah, you missed it. You want to go back, and you you do that, and you take your life in your hands because sometimes <laughs> it, it takes a really long time to get to the spot that you're after, and you know sure. it stutters and skips, and sometimes it screws up altogether, and like the the, the Older Apple TV was just terrible for that, but this mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. it's golden. Uh, they they really nailed it with it. And, um, I'm actually sometimes a little afraid to uh, while I'm watching a video to pick up the remote because one of the things that we could complain about with the remote itself is how symmetrical it is and uh, sometimes difficult to know which way's up. Right. Uh, mm-hmm, so if you grab mm-hmm. it by the the trackpad end while you're watching a video, you could very readily start scrubbing through the video without realizing mm. it. Right. Um, and that, so that's kind of a risk you take when you uh, when you have such a an easy to use scrub capability. But I'm, I'm nitpicking at this point. Uh, so well, I mean, I could, you can say the same thing. There's some things that happened in iOS nine on my stupid big giant, you know, crazy iPhone six plus, too big for real time. Right. Too you big know, for I, real I'm time. Often, I'm often hitting the wrong button or swiping around or when I when I don't intend to. That's just you being just, drunk, Tim. Well, it's because I'm fumbling to try and hold the thing in one hand. Ah, right? see, that's it. You know. You know what they need to come up with is like an, a, an attachment, a prosthetic arm that you can put on your chest, and it could hold the iPhone. So that you know, they need to come up with a chip that I can plug in behind my ear. What would that do? iOS would be in my head. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. And I'd like it to be on my eyeballs, and then we wouldn't need computers anymore. Well, well, no, you wouldn't need eyeballs because it would just go right into your ocular nerve, and and you'd basically see what's on your screen without having to have a screen. I'm sold. Or Bluetooth or wires or batteries. Sign or me up. Take my money. <laughs> I want that. You, you know yeah. it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I do know it's coming for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I want, so how would Apple the, market such a thing? What's the bottom line on the TV? If you were not a developer, oh, sorry. is this something you would again. buy? Um, it definitely is an upgrade from the existing Apple oh, TV for time. sure. Yeah. Big time. For me, I think it is. Uh, Mark, for me, it was, it was huge because um, it replaced a computer plugged into my television. And all the yeah. complications that surround that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my family kind of freaked out a bit <laughs> when uh, when this happened because, mm-hmm. you know, and they freaked out when the computer appeared in the first place. So, you know, mm-hmm. give them some credit. But this has dramatically simplified things. And it's only possible because the TV, Apple TV, is an app platform. Of all the things about the Apple TV, that is the element that is being underplayed the most. The reviewers and the pundits and the journalists and the people on Twitter, they all don't recognize, I don't think, the fact that this is an app platform that can change and grow and improve and Mm -hmm. do more for us than any other streaming platform can. So it's a big mm-hmm. deal, and it um, it may not be uh, an overwhelmingly persuasive deal today, but it certainly can be in the future. Well, it's like the Apple Apple TV one. I, I don't know if it's one and two were the big the big one, the big box, right? Yeah. I mean, that one you could basically you know boot it and root it or whatever, and and uh, whatever the correct terminology is, and install stuff on it, right? Right. I mean, that was and people love doing that, you know. They, you know, put bigger hard drives in them and, and, uh, you know, and took them over and, and installed third party interfaces into them. Right. Sure. I um, mean, and that Apple took that away with the second, uh, or third generation of Apple TV, right? They locked her so, down. Yeah. Locked her down. But they don't have to do that anymore. That's the great thing. Here we have a, a platform that you can develop on legit. Yeah. And yeah. people are. So and somebody will jailbreak it next week. I'm sure, you know, yeah. Uh, some, some buffoons. Yep. Yeah. But for what purpose? I mean, like, <laughs> the, you well, know, because people, people want people shush on it? 
No, because people unlock things, I think, because they think they, they're, they're in control, right? You know? Yeah. Oh, for uh, ideological reasons. Stolen and whatever. Yeah. Ideological reasons. Okay. Well, fair, yeah. fair enough. I'm talking about functionality, the stuff that's actually going to make these things sell. Um, mm-hmm. Mark, I would yeah. say that uh, for my needs, it has met them, uh, met them very quickly. And I think that there is more to come. What I'm waiting for, and I you know not waiting for, but uh, what I'm interested in seeing, I'll say, is how games uh, fare on the Apple mm-hmm. TV. If it becomes a platform where you know, like the, the console style games become more more popular, more interesting, how that market works is it is it such that uh, game developers can make money on it? And therefore, therefore, drive more development on the Apple TV, like specifically to the Apple TV. Will people end up buying game controllers because there are mm-hmm. so many great titles on the Apple TV? Those are interesting questions, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you try Crossy Road yet? Yeah, I tried Crossy Road. It's all right. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not uh, multiplayer, but uh, single player. Uh, I w- I uh, would love to try Alto. Uh, I have not done that yet. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the only the only thing about it is for those of you listening out out there, it doesn't bring your and it tells you right at the very beginning it doesn't bring your your levels over from iOS or whatever. You can oh. still get into Game Center, I believe. But, yeah, Game uh, Center is on the TV. Yeah. So yeah. Do, do does Alto not use Game Center? It uses Game Center. Yes, it does because my my score is registered over there. But I, I do remember reading when I first started playing it that it it can't bring your your um, existing levels over. Because I've gone quite far, and in, in, although I don't know how far along I am, I'm not finished anywhere near finished. But still, I have to start from the very, very beginning with with Alto. Huh? Yeah. Well, there you go. I may have missed something. Who knows? Sure. You know, or someone like I may come along and and develop a whole retro arcade, you know, meta package that has like sure. a whole whack of classic ar- arcade games in it. You know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm just an yeah, idea guy. Interesting. I mean. like, didn't we <laughs> talk about at one point that? Um, I believe there's there's certainly a notion that you could take old Atari games. Yeah, you, know, the, you the told me about that. We, we were talking okay. about that. Yeah, I'm last pretty week sure there, there, one of the one of the uh, brands out there. I've forgotten which one it was. This is around 2011, I think. Um, came out with a package of all their titles. Like I thought it was Atari or something like that. Yeah, Atari on did that. iOS on iOS, right? I believe you're right, Tim. Um, let yep. me uh, do some. Namco did that as well with some of its games. Um, De- is is uh, Defender on there? I believe yeah. so. There's there's like five different packages, I think, for... Um, Atari's Greatest for Hits on the App Store. I used to waste like at least five bucks before philosophy class playing Defender yeah, this back is in the day. Yeah, you can get it on the App Store, Tim. It's uh, Atari's Greatest Hits, it's called. Okay, And right. uh, it's got... And you have to buy each one as an in-app purchase, if I'm not mistaken. Or you right? could buy so. all of it for 12 bucks. Oh, it's, that's a good price. It, it was a lot more expensive when it first came out. I remember that was one of the first sort of in-app purchase kind of disappointments. Right. Not that I was a big Atari player anyway. I was more Sega than that. But there's Asteroid, Centipede, Pong, okay. Battle, yeah. Tempest, Lunar well, Lander, it's a really Super good deal Breaker. if you consider that when they first came out, they probably cost 40 bucks a piece, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we used to go to the bowling alley and play Space Invaders and Pong and those things when they first came out as well. So mm-hmm. lots of quarters wasted on those yeah. guys. Yeah, I actually would love to see a MAME application come out for the Apple TV as it has for the iOS. You know what MAME is? The multi-arcade machine emulator. This is sort of a bootleg uh, shell for running 
classic arcade games. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just Atari, but uh, Super Nintendo and Sega and, you know, various other uh, console yeah. platforms, uh, including mm-hmm. arcade games, like, you know, the, the big arcade games. And, and so every once in a while, one of them appears on the uh, iOS App Store because uh, it slips through somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Apple finds it and then shuts it down. But if you've gotten it in huh. time, then you you have it, right? Right. So uh, I'm waiting for one of those bad boys to appear on the App Store for uh, Apple TV. And so then we could have a classic uh, multi-arcade machine emulator with your own ROMs that you can get from the internet and play all these great games. Mm-hmm. Purely for research, obviously. Not, not, you know, not for fun. So otherwise, I'm... Um, you know, I'd say overall happy with the Apple TV. Uh, it has improvements to be made, obviously, but um, overall, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm regretting having. I just literally bought a second Apple TV just before the announcement. You know, uh-huh. um, at WWDC. Yeah, so I've got. I've actually got a, a spare Apple TV here now. Yeah, well, I've got one too, and uh, I don't know what to do with it at this point. Um, well, I moved one. I had. I bought a second one for upstairs, but now I've got. I've got three floors of TVs. I can put one up on the third floor now. And well, sounds like you're all out of problems. Except for the fact that they don't have the fancy new remote. No, that's right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and I'm also thinking about it. I was telling my wife the other day I want to get a small TV or downgrade, you know, upgrade one of the TVs upstairs. And so I have a smaller 19-inch here to, on the desk. So, it, so I, when I'm working, developing on stuff, I don't have to haul over to the big TV around the in the living room. So Yeah, that, good point. So we want to talk about iPad uh, Pro. Uh, iPad, iPad Pro. Pro. Have you guys got anything to add to what I've got posted there or no? I think I'm, just, I'm super excited. Any, anybody else excited about this? Is it just me? Uh, well, I'm excited about it because I'm actually thinking of buying one, right? So they were talking about the Apple Apple uh, TV po- uh, post on 9to5Mac talking about uh, November 11th. You mean the iPad predicted. Pro post on 9to5Mac? Yeah. You got yeah. Apple TV on the brain. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost yeah. as big as a TV, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was doing a video today earlier on, on stack views and I kept saying Slack view. <laughs> <laughs> I don't or, even, uh, what's yeah. this, or size class. I'd refer. I call it size class instead of. That's one of my my per- proclivities. Is I always say the wrong thing when I'm talking about other stuff. Says Tim the podcaster. Well, that's why I decided to name my feet leading and, and trailing. Yeah, well, that's clever. Yeah. Jaime or Mark have anything to say on the it's iPad Pro? I'm interested in um, at least trying to see. You know, so I, I do prefer the larger iPad. Um, the iPad Air Two is what I have and. I'll mm-hmm. go to the store and check this out and see, do I feel like there's a potential here, especially for split-screen capabilities. I, I don't know that I would use the keyboard nor the stylus as much, mm-hmm. the pen, or pencil, rather. But uh, at least the larger surface area would be kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. just like the iPhone 6S Plus, I'll make a trip, you know, one trip to the Apple Store, try them out in the store and see how I feel. Yeah, I'm the same. Are you like me though. I, I I'm interested in it, but I wonder if it'll be just a little too big for everyday use. If you know what I mean. I mean you know, I like to carry my iPad around with me, and and right. will it be a little too big for that? I, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, I don't carry my my iPad freehand. I, I sort of throw it in a backpack with my with my uh, my MacBook um, when I'm traveling. I do have a smaller, you know, ten inch Targus bag that I can throw it in when I go to play guitar and stuff like that. Again, you know, being the senior in the group and having the bad eyes, I think having a bigger a bigger screen to see things on will help as well, right? So, yeah, true. So, so it's your grandfather's uh, iPad. <laughs> I'm trying to find the pricing. Um, it's not an Apple. Oh, it's a, site. I, I more had a, I more had an article on it. Um, try there. Okay, I, I found a different uh, site, but uh, saying here, this is U.S. dollar pricing, 
32 gig and 128 gig configurations. So nothing in between those two sizes. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apple. Um, and those prices will be 799 US and 949 US. Yeah, two grand Canadian. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, well, the, and there's also a 128 gig version that has LTE. Oh, right. So there's yes, these right. three configurations, okay? And they range from yeah. 800 US to 1080 US. Mm-hmm. Um, feels to me like the difference between the 32 and the 128, uh, you know, is is 150 dollars. <laughs> so they're basically saying to you, you know, you really should not get the 32 gig version. Get the big popcorn. Get the big one. Get the biggie, and uh, and then if you decide you want LTE, then get that. You know. By the way, that's 1405 dollars Canadian for the top end one. 1400, eh? Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of money, man. That's a small MacBook. Yeah. No, you could buy a MacBook uh, for about that price, yeah. Uh, It's just, you know? And then you want to throw in the keyboard and the stylus. Yeah. And that's 169 and 99. No, no, no. no. I would would never get that keyboard. That's so lame. You're right about that. I'll wait for the keyboard Uh, (laughs) 2.0. Apple's known for iterating quickly on their input devices. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Suffice to say, uh, that's probably going to be their keyboard for the... foreseeable future uh but look to third parties <laughs> um unless that third party is way tools with their text blade don't look to them <laughs> um yeah it's it's a lot of money baby uh that that is what really kind of slows me down when i think about it um i certainly mm-hmm. can't afford that right now but it is still an incredibly compelling looking piece of hardware Jaime, you're saying that you're just going to go and figure out if it's something that you feel like you can fit in your life is that accurate right so the ipad here too is doing a really you know spectacular job especially with the um the multitasking which uh, i'll take a little side note here that thankfully evernote finally updated for that so maybe they oh, did that in anticipation that the ipad pro didn't look at their release notes so that's nice mm-hmm. so everybody benefits from that uh you know who can do multitasking not just ipad pro users but that is a nice little segue into how i would end up using this right so i use split view a lot for calendar and uh, twitter or safari Evernote to a lesser extent because it was kind of a hassle to do a little slide over. But now if I can have Evernote you know, side by side with Safari, you know, grabbing notes for the show or collecting interesting you know, notes for myself, I think that would be really nice. And it would be a whole lot nicer if you could have two side by side views that are really you know, nice and spacious that I think the iPad Pro would be able to have. It cool. seems like it would make the iPad Pro much more of a productivity tool than than it is now, right? I guess what it comes down to is, do you actually think that you could use the iPad Pro or otherwise as a productivity tool? Uh, are there scenarios that you'd use it in where you wouldn't use a MacBook, for example? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, I, I was going to ask, too, I guess this is a se- sort of secondary question. Do you think this is the 17-inch MacBook of of, old, of the old days? You know, like, uh, I wonder how many of those they sold because they were... They were around for a number of years, but then they got rid of them. Right? They were pr- pretty much cafeteria trays by the time they were, uh, when you're walking around with those, right? So yep. True, yeah. But, you know, they, they had loyal followings. Uh, people really loved them and, and bemoaned their absence. Yeah. Does the iPad Pro fall into that same category? I do not well, think I mean, so. I'm, I mean, in the in the world of iPads, is it sort of that uh, equivalent sort of that idea, right? No, so. I don't think it is. Um, I'll tell you why. I think that the, the 17-inch MacBook Pro, or sorry, was there ever a MacBook Pro that was 17 inches? Yeah, yes, yes. there was. Oh, okay. Um, didn't know if that was a PowerBook thing. Um, so you're one of them. <laughs> but the uh, the 17-inch MacBook Pro didn't offer anything new and different 
from other MacBooks, right? Aside from its screen size, right? The size of the screen didn't change fundamentally how you work with a thing. Whereas the iPad Pro, I believe, does. Mm-hmm. Because it's so large that um, it, that its uh, split-screen view is is big enough that you can actually really use two apps side-by-side. Side. Mm, you sort right, of can yeah. with the iPad Air 2, but it's just not as capacious. It's it's not as freeing, I don't think. And so I think, I suspect anyway, and I don't know for sure, but I suspect the iPad Pro is going to enable different productivity flows, different use cases than the iPad does. And, you know, if you compare that to the 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 17-inch MacBook Pro, uh, people just like the bigger screen, but they weren't doing different things on it than a 15-inch macbook pro user would does that make sense yeah yeah it does i'm just like calling up the ipad pro article on on um imar which i was reading earlier today which yeah. device was i reading it on <laughs> that's the thing um the other thing about it is of course the the pen uh pen, pencil sorry it's a pencil and it's the only device to date that has support for apple's pencil so uh, while i think that's going to change and it'll come to the phone and to other ipads as well people who want to use a stylus you know, and particularly in artistic context too, right? So drawing and, you know, it's the pictures that they have on their own website. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that um, that's going to drive a lot of adoption as well, at least until it does come to other devices. So at the beginning, we're going to see a lot of people buy this because, oh my God, I got to have this because it's the only thing I can use the stylus with and it's the best stylus on the market, as I'm pretty sure people will find. But then we're also going to have a question later on when the next iPad comes out, the iPad Air 3, for example, um, and it comes with pencil support, so you can buy the pencil and, and work with it on that. Will people step down from the iPad Pro size in order to use a smaller, more portable device, but with the pencil as well? And then even later, when the iPhone 7 comes out, for example, and it has pencil support, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will people still adopt that? Because they can use their pencil anywhere. And then you start thinking about the pencil. <laughs> as I do, and you think of that it could be used for much more than just art, right? And, sure. and scribbling notes. Um, it, it can be a, a user interface device uh, for editing text. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember Star Trek Next Generation and its ilk? Uh, mm-hmm. how, how they used uh, styli uh, on their pads sure. uh, to highlight and work with text. You, but they also had a girl to carry it around for you. You're thinking of the original series. Yes, of course I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, there's the another Star Trek? Yes. Um, oh. I know you're trying to have me on here, but uh, <laughs> anywho, um, yeah, you could see in Next Generation on their their pads how styluses, styli, were used to edit text. Hmm. Um, yes, I got your link here, Tim. Thank you for the pricing. Yes. So, um, it, and that's actually, uh, you know, even as I was watching it as a kid, uh, Next Generation, that looked ridiculous. But uh, I can definitely imagine using a pencil today on an iPad and and editing text much more precisely than you can with a finger Mm. or maybe even more precise than with uh, the two fingers on the keyboard thing that is in iOS 9. And I tell you, as, as having been trained as an artist and and understanding this stuff, you know, when you're using a stylus, you're actually using three fingers at the time, right? You're using, you're using, so you've got a bigger muscle group and you've got more finite movement, right? Than trying to use the tip of your finger with your whole arm, you know, moving around. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Your shoulder and elbow and all that kind of stuff involved. Whereas, you know, when you're, you've got more finesse when you're just, you know, wiggling your fingers in your hand. Right. And a finer point at the end of it too, right? Yeah. 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 So that makes sense. Uh, Plus pressure, applying pressure and doing brush strokes and all that kind of stuff can come into play as well. Yeah. So, you know, and and personally, I don't think 
I'm, I guarantee it. I'm not getting an iPad Pro anytime soon, uh, mm-hmm. but I am. I am fascinated by it um, as an observer of the iPad as a platform. I think this is going to be a big deal, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out and uh, what developers do with it. Mark, are you getting one? Well, like I said, I want to take a look first and see really just how <laughs> big it is. It, it's kind of like the yeah. the six plus was right. It's bigger seems like a good idea in in concept, but when you actually yeah. start using it, maybe it's not. So we'll have to see. Well, and as I said before, using that same analogy, if I was given a choice today, if I wanted to go buy a phone today, I would probably buy a 6, not a 6+. plus. Mm-hmm. Regret? Do I regret having the bigger one? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really been able to take advantage of, in development terms, the split screen uh, aspect of it. Right. Know? And yeah, and it is, it is, it's horribly big if you're sitting down and you want to pull it out of your pocket. It's, thank God for the watch, that's all I have to say. Huh. Yeah, no so. kidding. Yeah, no kidding. It's funny that you say that, though. Like, I, I have little fantasies about getting a Plus sometimes. Uh, every yeah. time I go to the Apple store, I just kind of, I hold it and I go, hmm. It's, an, like, it's like a novelty size check, and yet so pleasant, so huge, so capacious. And then I put it down again and walk away. But, you know, the thoughts there in my head, it's like it's like a seed, and there's a weed growing, Tim. And it's, it's yeah. peeking out from the cracks. It, it's definitely a weed that's growing there for sure. <laughs> Aaron, yeah. buy me. Buy me. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking here. I wonder if I have it on. Isn't there like two display modes on this thing? Uh, One of the yeah, six see, I've got, plus. I've got, I have the standard. I'm, I'm looking using it right now in the standard view, and then the zoomed. What is zoomed? Oh, it makes everything bigger. Okay, never mind. That's Going an accessibility mode, right? You're talking. No, about. well, no. The, under display and display and wallpaper, you can you can have the um, uh, you can make the, the icons bigger as they like scale it up as if it's an iPhone six itself, right? Oh, is that only a feature on the six plus? I don't know. I don't don't you guys have well when you go to when you go to display or sorry display and brightness? Do you not have a display zoom ah, standard? I do. And zoomed? Yeah. Uh, zoomed. Yes, I do. Let's set it and see what happens. I've never seen it before. Ooh, it's going to restart my phone. Come on. Well, no, no. Hang on a sec. Before you do that, go. But if you go back in, there's there's a swipe mode. You can they give you an example of a, of a uh, an email messages. Yeah, and, and yeah. The, I'm looking at that springboard, and you just sort. I don't know. It's really it's really imperceptibly. Oh, different. it's perceptibly different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely different. But, uh, yeah, crazy. I think I looked at it on the first day and went, no, and went back to the... I want to be disappointed in the, in the order that Apple expect, expects me to be. All right, then. <laughs> Which is paraphrasing from The Big Bang Theory, where Sheldon says he wants to be disappointed in the order that George Lucas intended. Yeah, oh, I just saw that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. <sighs> okay, so iPad Pro looking forward to it anyone else have anything to add about the ipad pro right on gotta see it you know it's, it's i think it's one of the few ipads that i uh, every other ipad i've bought sight unseen you know like when it, when the new one rolls out this i think i'm i'm almost tempted to do the same thing you guys are talking about going to the apple store and, and laying my eyes on one but then then you're gonna have to wait two months for delivery and blah 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 if you don't order on the the first day sort of thing you know i doubt that you know i don't know at first i think it may not be a huge seller and Apple's well, much better about so let, let's preparing. do some math here. I know we, okay. we're not we don't like doing math on this show, but so <laughs> how many iPads are there out there, Aaron, in the world? Well, we talked about Macs last week. I don't know about the iPads. Um, hundred million. Make it, give me a hundred million. Okay, so what's twenty five of a hundred million? Twenty five percent of a hundred million. Twenty five million. Twenty five million. That's an easy one, Tim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, but I mean, so so is that you think they won't sell twenty five million on the first go around? Yeah, I don't think they will do that. No. Really? Yeah. Wait, wait. What are you what are you considering first go around? Like first year? 
Well, the first, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess the first order, first well, year, first let's, month. Let's no, 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 because the there's absolutely month. zero chance that, that day one or even first quarter will have $25 million. Right, It just right, won't yeah. happen, right? Like the, It'll be a subsection, subset, yeah, rather, is what I meant to say, yeah. of the iPads overall, which are yeah. on the decline and yeah. not even close oh, to true, iPhone, yeah. which iPhone sells, what, 15, let's say 15 to almost 20 million in that first quarter of availability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I've always had this sort of rule of thumb of of thirty three percent. Anything that that's new or change or whatever, you, you know, if you're if you're trying to re, you know um, retain clients, I always sort of a, a imagine the number is going to be 33 percent. You know, if we have we have two hundred thousand downloaders of an app and we do a new thing, how many people are going to really care about it or, or do they update to the next one? That's an easy number to come up with, and that's sort of a, a rule of thumb. So I think this is a new sort of outlier model for iPad, and so it'll it'll sort of fit in that range. Because the same thing that happened with the Mini; people weren't really sure what people would do with the Mini, right? And now we have what three choices of Mini, or we up until recently we had three choices for Minis, right? Mini, the Mac Mini, the iPad uh, no, Mini, iPad, iPad Mini. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> iPad Mini is a little different, though. I think yeah. just like the the six plus uh, and the six, which yeah. You know, th- those both iPhones, there was a market need, market desire for larger iPhones. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the Mac, sorry, the iPad mini, there was also a need and a desire for a smaller version of the iPad. Yeah. Right? Something yeah. a little bit more portable, something closer in size to like the Nexus 7. But I'm, n- I'm not sure that there's a huge amount of clamoring for a larger iPad. Yeah, so the analogy I kind of use for the iPad and the iPad mini is the difference between a hardcover and a paperback. In terms of like, because that's you know, some people like the smaller size and portability and all that kind of stuff, right? So, yeah, the thing is, I think I think the thing that we're missing here about the iPad Pro is I th- believe that Apple is regarding the iPad Pro as a professional device, a business device, not not as a mm. consumer device so much. I think any kind of models modeling that you come up with to forecast potential sales yeah. um, can't be based on existing iPad sales because I think it's you know, at least in Apple's mind, a very different piece of hardware than any existing iPad. Yeah. You know, I like I've had to face up to it myself. You know, my iPad is is a leisure device. It's a consumption device. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not something I use to sit down and get work done with. Right. right. That's Whereas when I pull out my me, Mac. For me, it is. For me, I use my iPad for work all the time. Like you, you are going to focus, sit down. I'm going to get some work yep. done. Pull out the iPad. Yep. 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 Okay, I'm gonna. We can come back to that. This, I actually was. Yeah, just go ahead. Um, I I think you're an outlier. <laughs> um, and let's set that aside for a second. Sure. Okay. Um, because I'll make my point no matter what anyone says. <laughs> I think that Apple doesn't see it that way. I think they see it as a consumption device. But I think the iPad Pro is their answer to that. And you know, if you're Apple and you're looking at the cl- declining iPad sales from quarter to quarter um, over the past few years, uh, they are looking at the iPad Pro as their way to to get that that line mm-hmm. to bend upward again. Right. And they're doing that by targeting a different group of customer, the kind yeah, of people it, more like you, Tim, who, who do see it potentially at least as a work device, because sure. here there's something finally large enough to, to be used for work. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and I find it annoying that some of the apps that I want to do or some of the tasks I want to do on the iPad are, are dumbed down because of the apps that are available. Um, you know, for instance, on a web experience, you might get a, you'll get a, um, a, a mobile version, a sort of mid mo- midterm mobile, mobile version 
of a site rather than the full site sort of thing. Um, I was going to say something else too. You were going to probably, I was hoping you were going to tell us about how you use it for real work. Oh yeah. I mean, like, like for instance, this, this, uh, this weekend I had to transcribe some videos. So I had my wife's, uh, 12 inch laptop playing the video back and I was actually keying in copious amounts of text on my iPad using the, the digital keyboard, like the on-screen keyboard, which I know you can't believe because you're a touch typer, right? No, I, I, I can sit down at the on-screen keyboard and hammer away at that. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if I've got like a this amazing 12-inch MacBook in front of me right now, yeah, uh, yeah. that is a far superior device to an iPad for what you were talking about. Sure, sure. But then I'm also, uh, you know, more visual and, and, you know, would work, use my iPad for Photoshop-y kind of stuff and sketching and what have you as well, right? So... But the software is not really there for that, is it? it? It is and it isn't. I mean, it depends on how you use it. You have to. You do have to use. It's like the old days. Like, don't forget, I started back in in the eighties, late eighties with Macs. Where you me forget five, that? Come on. <laughs> when you had to have five different programs to do one simple task, right? You know, um, you, do, you do part of the app, part of the thing in one in Letraset Studio, and you do something else in Photoshop, and then you go over to Illustrator, and then you finally put it all together in Quark. I mean, like you know, coming from desktop, you probably know what I mean, right? And that's kind of sort of what it is now. Like you know, if, like when I'm doing the podcast notes i'll i'll use my iphone 6 plus because it's big enough or i'll use my ipad or if i'm you know if i'm sitting on the couch and i'm working i I tend to want to work with my ipad and and the like i said the only the only thing for me is xcode doesn't run on my on my ipad if i had an xcode dumb or light or whatever and i could do you know 60 percent of what you could do in xcode i would do it on the ipad if if you had if if they came up with an xcode xcode light that had you know code completion editing and you and and you could sort of do builds let's say or or, you know sort of dumbed down compiling i understand that you can't compile because it's not a proper computer but if i was able to use my ipad to actually work on code i would well, there's no reason that you couldn't, right? Why couldn't it build software? Why couldn't That's it? That's because of the ID. Yeah, exactly. But there's well, no, there is, there is, there is the. Um, I asked a, a friend of mine who's written compilers. Uh, it has to do with the sandboxing of you can't on a Mac. You 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 are not restricted by by the compiler. It runs at a different level than than the application you're in, sort of thing. Uh, well, the compiler is a separate program from the yeah. one that you're running. Yes, that's true. But, yeah. you know, if you're Apple, you can break those rules, and they do. That's true. That's you know? true. So I think it's certainly possible. And never mind that. Like, you could use the, um, the uh, what are they called? The Xcode. I'm thinking about uh, within Xcode now, you can you can outsource uh, compiling to other oh, computers. Oh, yeah, like the, like the, uh, <laughs> the uh, um, what do you call it? Robots? The, yeah. the bots. Bots. Yeah. Bots, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you could have a build computer that was not your iPad. Uh, right. But some other Mac in a closet somewhere, and you could outsource the building to that and have it spit back a a binary that you could then sure. run and test on your device in a sort yeah. of simulator. Anyway, you know, like yes, this could certainly happen. There could be an Xcode for iOS, and I think that one day there has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would be amazing, but uh, there's still this, the screen or size. Or Logic issue, Pro right? or Final Cut sure, Pro. I mean, all like that Those stuff. kind of tools, you know? Right. You know, there are ways that, like, for instance, with Logic, I, I learned a couple of weeks ago, I haven't done it yet, but you can actually use your, your iPad as a remote display and have, like, your mixer panel, for instance, on your iPad while you have your, your stream or your uh, tracks up on your on your big screen on your, on your Mac, right? So I think so. in your case, Tim, uh, a larger screened iPad may be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, or even, yeah. And it would be ideal if I could use both iPads at the same time, like use the big one for one thing and the smaller one for another task, right? Like so, cooperatively be running the same app? Well, you know, and back when the iPhone first came out, remember we had all those Bluetooth games where you could, you could, you could, you and I could be playing that, that thing. I forgot they're playing the game where Flight 
control where you landed your planes on, yeah. the, on the runway and I could fire planes at you and you could fire planes at me and you know it added a sort of another level to the whole play, gameplay thing so like there's ways of, of communicating between two separate iOS devices running the same app or similar apps right sure like with with app groups for instance um, you know you can you can message you can share have shared containers and stuff like that and so you there's got to be ways and that may be where all this things like uh, uh, app groups are going is the ability to, to have multiple apps to do different things right man that's crazy if you think about it because you know like here's a here's a very simple example uh, of multitasking in ios right mm-hmm. um i'm watching major league baseball i'm watching baseball games i miss baseball um <laughs> in mlb at it's bat it's been a week or how, when, it was, when it was the world series over we're not talking about that anymore okay. um <laughs> so so it's been like a couple of weeks since baseball's been dead for you huh so where are you going yeah. with it <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's, it's so golf season now. Yeah, back then uh, it was it was me watching videos on my iPad, but I wanted to watch Twitter as well. So my my multitasking setup was iPad in one hand and iPhone in the right hand, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know these aren't the you know apps are not related, but it's this is me using iOS to multitask. Sure. Yeah. Two devices, and you're proposing the same thing, except yeah. you're you're talking about a developer saying, "I'm going to assume that you're going to have two devices, two iPads, and yeah. I'm going to take advantage of both those screens, and I'm going to uh, use Bluetooth or CloudKit or something so that they can both talk to each other and mm-hmm. cooperate together as you're working with it. Yeah. That's crazy. It's madness. I know. No, yeah. I love it. <laughs> but it's crazy. Well, I can tell you, before the iPad came along, I would I would regularly have two or three computers at one time running and I would be, you know, screen sharing between one and the other. Back in, like, in, in that crazy 80, 90s days when things took, process took really long times to run, I would network over to one machine, start a process, go back to the other one, keep working on that while the other one cooked its thing, right? Like Or crashed. Well, no, yeah, but I mean, you know, back <laughs> in the day, like, if you if you wanted to do, like, an auto-tracing on, an, on a file in Illustrator, you kind of set it to auto-trace and you went and had a good long lunch, you know? And then you came back and, and realized, oh, yeah, it crashed an hour ago. I have to start over again. But, right. you know, the point was you could do that. <laughs> you know, so you would regularly start one process on one computer and then go to another while while the, pro- the processor compiler or whatever it was doing in the background took its time on those poor little 6,800 processors, right? Yep. Those are the days. So, mm-hmm. so who knows? I, I think that was uh, that's a fascinating idea. Uh, so <laughs> maybe see if someone jumps on top of that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, November 11th, you're going to be at the Apple Store seeing if this iPad Pro is for you. Well, do you think that's the date, or is it is it officially announced? Or no, it's not officially announced. It's uh, it was said by Mark Gurman, uh, so it is. That's what it's going to be. Really? Yep. You can take <laughs> his shit to the bank, and they will they will trade his shit for money. Wow. Not seven hundred ninety nine dollars, okay. but my goodness, um, enough to to count on November eleventh. Huh. I'm betting betting it's a Tuesday. No, it's a Wednesday. It's a week today. Next yes, time we record, 11th, we'll yes. know. Yeah. And then you'll have been in the Apple Store, and you can tell me. Yeah, it's always seven seven days after my wife's birthday. Hmm. There you go. So we'll have a look for it. Maybe we can talk about it next week. Maybe. Maybe we'll all have been to the Apple Store and looked. I mean, like I like I literally went to the Apple Store, Apple Store, and I and I walked up to the lady and I said, "Do you have the new trackpad?" And she said, uh, "I don't know. Let me go look in the back." And she, the poor girl, brought it out to me and handed it to me and went, "Here you go. What do you think?" And I went, "Oh, I guess I better buy this now, right?" <laughs> what did she pull it out of the box? No, she no. She, she, she gave the you a they, box. They weren't even on the shelf. It was like the day they were announced or the day they were oh. put on the store. I would happen to be down at the Apple Store down at Eaton Center and I asked if they had one because I went to see what the what the, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. deal was and you know. 
know, touch and feel and all that kind of stuff. And maybe they had a display model somewhere. They didn't. They literally had just arrived. So and, you got guilted uh, into buying one. Not so much guilted. You know, it's like one of these things where it's the FOMO, right? I mean, ha- knowing that the device is out there and it's within a reasonable amount of money that I could spend on something, I would, I would be sitting here going, I really want to buy one of those things. I really want to buy one of those things. I really want to buy one of those things. So the minute I was in the store and she handed it to me, I kind of went, yeah, 200 bucks. Here we go. FOMO. Yeah. No, FOMO. I don't know what that means. What is that? Fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so can I give you my, my review of it? Please. I would love to hear it. Okay. Well, I find, I don't know how long you've been using a trackpad on your on your Macs or whatever, but Forever. there was a time where, where you know, you, you, you the, the tap and hold, you'd select a bunch of things, tap and hold to drag, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this has this whole taptic dragging thing, or I don't know what, the force touch dragging, right? Uh, force touch is... It's a bit disruptive to get used to, right? So, like, I can't, like, I used to be able to click and, like, grab a bunch of things, click and drag. In fact, I still have my other trackpad on the desk here for when I get really pissed off, right? <laughs> but I can click and drag and, and move things around. But now I find I have, to, I have to go back to the, select the items, do the tap and hold, and then, then my mouse realizes, oh, you want to pick this stuff up and then move it over and copy from one place to another. It's, it's, it's invasive in, in programs like Logic that seem to have hooks for it but don't really work. And so strange things happen when you try and select things. So it's taken me about a week to get used to the difference between a traditional trackpad, like desktop trackpad, and this one. So, But I, I do like it. it is, it's much more solid. Um, you know, it seems to work pretty well. I, I've only had to charge it. I don't think I've ever char- had to charge it more than once, right? So, And I've had it for two weeks or however long it's been out. Hmm. But it is pretty sturdy and it's pretty solid and it's, you know, it's sort of the same. Well, I guess it's not exactly the same as my keyboard, but but it, it is nice, good, solid feel to it, you know, compared to the other one. Um, and I've got Force Track, Force Touch for when uh, Xcode is able to emulate Force Touch on a um, device, right? Yeah, not yet. Yeah, I turned touch Force Touch off on my MacBook trackpad. I found it very disruptive. <laughs> oh, on, on the, yeah, well, so that's what I'm sort of saying. Like, it, it kind of it does weird things, things you don't expect, right? Or, but I, I think I've gotten used to it over the last couple of weeks because now I'm, I'm I'm less complaining, less complaining about it now, if you know what I mean, than I was when I first got it. I'm I'm just remembering because I turned it off quite a while ago. Um, I'm remembering what made me turn it off. It was working in Interface Builder. Yeah, and uh, moving elements around on the screen. Yeah, that would trigger like taptic feedback as you were oh. as you were bumping up against guides i think right so oh, okay and yeah. to my my finger and my feel i couldn't distinguish between a bump against a guide <laughs> and me letting go of the trackpad button ah, so right. i would inevitably let go of the trackpad button and drop the element i was trying to move and uh i had still been holding on to it and it was super confusing and i i mm. spent several days at it could not train myself out of that feeling yeah yeah. I, I ended up having to turn it off. Hmm. Very frustrating. So, you know, and it works fine without the force touch. You don't need force touch. It's it's just a nice to have. It's not, <laughs> and sometimes it's a really not nice to have. Well, the force touch is, is like a right click, right? If I'm not mistaken. Well, no, no. It's a totally separate gesture. Yeah, I'm just trying to force touch something. Oh, you know what it was? You have to go into the Apple Apple apps like um, Pages. Yeah, with Pages it does. Yeah. Yeah, Pages it does. Like if you hold, if you force touch on a word, it, um, it opens a dictionary and stuff like that. So it's kind yeah. of weird, you know. I have right-click for that. Yes, you do. <laughs> but this is, like, directly into it. But, you know. So now can we speculate about the watch pricing? Sure. Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, this this uh, article that was written here about uh, the Apple Watch discounting pricing, it's not going to be on the Edition or the, or the Hermes versions or whatever, but the smaller sport, sport watches and stuff like that are, are apparently going to be, like, 50 bucks off or something coming up soon. 
Um, and the speculation was that the watch is in trouble. But I can tell you from my experience with Apple hardware sales that usually, and, and I think one of the comments was about the fact that they don't normally bundle devices. Oh, I think what it, that's what it is. It's $50 less if you buy it with a watch, with a with an iPhone, right? There's a So if you buy it, if you pair them up, uh, they'll knock 50 bucks off. And so the speculation was that perhaps watch sales are in trouble. And uh, and the, the the author says that, you know, it's very rare that Apple does bundle stuff. But from my experience with hardware sales, they often do bundle things together, like especially around uh, August, September, July, August, September. Back to school. They do, they do the back to school stuff. And they, you know, they used to have a deal where you could get, uh, a, you know, they would give you, you buy a MacBook and they would give you a pretty much a free um, iPod touch, which is like almost like a 10 or 20 percent discount. Right. Um, and you, there were some times where you could do like a mail-in rebate and the mail-in rebates are, are an old classic loss leader where you offer somebody the mail-in rebate and a lot of people don't actually do the mail-in part. So, you know, you get the $200 or whatever they discount anyway. But um, the other sign from my experience with hardware sales is that a new model's coming. And that's usually what happens. They usually try to clear out inventory to make room for a new, new, uh, new version. So I don't know if that's too early now, right, for... Because we just had to watch for what? When do we get these things? September? No, April. 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 Oh, we ought to watch this in April. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, hmm. I wonder. Uh, I I I think you might be or right. Is it a Chris- or is it or is it a Christmas thing? Maybe. Well, it could be that for sure. Um, Apple definitely bundles uh, things into deals from time to time. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. So I I, I call BS on <laughs> this article. Um, and Apple is not announcing their their sales numbers for watches, and uh, and that's that vacuum creates this kind of speculation, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, why not bundle your stuff together and you know, make a, a very modest discount, $50 discount, please. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when you think of the price point of a, what the oh, watch is. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Like it's uh, not that big a discount. So I don't know. I don't, I don't give this a lot of credit. No, I think a couple things could be happening here. One. So let's, let's just start up first before we get in, into that. But it's sort of weird for folks to, to think, Oh, like it's, is it trouble or doom just kind of depends on th- this article is okay. I've, I've seen worse ones, which, okay. If you said, well, it's doom. It's like, but they're the number one smartwatch of all time already. Are they? Are yeah. They? So yeah. it's not even close. They have like 75% of the smartwatch market. Really? Right? Don't oh, get confused okay. with wearables, right? Cause people will throw in like the Fitbit and other stuff. And ah. that's, that's been around for much longer. It's a very different kind of market. And, and they don't have, I think more than, 30 to 50 percent perhaps right but for smart watches in particular they're the, the number one with a bullet and hmm. it would make you wonder it's like well isn't android wear a complete waste of time as an entire category by that same <laughs> you know by that same measurement right yeah because everything runs on android wear other like the the moto watch and and doesn't like google has a watch apparently or something i mean just think just just look at the 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 lens by which people are judging this right yeah. and it's you know the 75 percent owner of the market is being just like, oh, it's in trouble. What's like, what, trouble? Then what about the guys who combined have 25% of the market, right? So let's, yeah, let's use yeah. that as a caveat. But be that as it may, I think the smartwatch and even wearables market as a whole is not very, it's not very big. It's certainly not as interesting as, uh, you know, iPhone for sure, um, just in and of itself, nor is it as interesting even, I think, as, um, as iPad. And we've been talking about how that's gloom and doom and, and declining sales. Right. right. Um, so this kind of makes sense in a way of like, okay, look, it's it's being successful in its category, but maybe it's just kind of the fastest snail, 
right? Like they they need something to goose it up to get it to a broader community than just the early adopters. Who by now, just about every early adopter has it, right? They've mm-hmm. caught they've caught up on backorders and everything. So it's oh, taking it to yeah. that next level, right? And that's why we've been doing all of those. We criticized the ads the last time, and that was the what second or third round of ads they've had for the Apple Watch. Right. Yeah. True. So they're, they're really trying to push it and really try to get it into being, you know, an, an everyday device yeah. for the everyday person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure it's quite there yet. So that, I think that's why they're dropping the price down, as we mentioned here, rather modestly, because it takes a $350 device US to $300, which is still double the price of damn near every other competitor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's right. not it's not a great discount. Uh, it's certainly an appreciated one. $50 more in your pocket. But uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, 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 I'm, an, I'm, I'm an owner of I'm an Apple Watch, and it's it's an interesting sort of lifestyle. Like I still get people who either recognize it right away or yeah. think it might be an Apple Watch, and therefore are interested and ask. Um, so there's still some some amazement and enjoyment that people get the average person. Um, hmm. But it's uh, I think it's really an accessory. Like I, you know, if I dropped one into a river. And couldn't find it because it washed away into the ocean. Um, yeah, I'd be sad, and uh, but I wouldn't necessarily have to go out the next day or even that day to right, go replace right. it like I would my iPhone, right? I'd immediately yeah. have to do that. Yeah, I might arguably do that for my iPad, but I could wait a little longer for that because it's a lower priority device. Sure. This is also kind of like a, it's, it's a satellite device that helps enhance my life. It makes things nicer, but it's it's not a necessity. Yeah, and I, I go days without time. wearing my watch. I don't know about you guys, but there's sometimes I don't even take it off the stand, you know. So, but I do miss it if I go outside and I um, want to check the time or the weather or whatever. If I've forgotten to put it on, right? Hmm. I use mine. I wear it every day without exception, and I like you, Jaime. I'm not sure that I would run out that same day and get a new watch if I if something happened to this one. But uh, I would certainly replace it. Mm-hmm. Another possibility is that. This is, if I'm not mistaken, the first holiday season since uh, Angela Orange has joined the company, right? Right. So maybe she just has different philosophies on marketing and sales and retail than previous people did, and and this is just part of that. It may be, mm. it may be nothing. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, because I mean, there's lots of lots of different tactics just to get people in the door in the right. retail world, bogos and. And uh, and discounted prices and bundles and that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, this kind of stuff is common in retail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're we're not at the bogo day, you know. It's a buy one get one free right right, day. (laughs) 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 Buy a thirty eight and get a forty two for free, (laughs) or whatever the size is. Let's go around the table like we usually do and see if anybody has a picks this week. And Aaron, do you have a pick? Yeah, I just found out this one tonight. Uh, Daring Fireball made a tweet about this, and it's called Backchannel.io. This is a developer tool that allows developers to easily add a conversation feature to their their beta software. So if you are testing your application with a group of users, um, you know, through test flight, most likely, then you can use this thing called Backchannel, which is just an SDK that you drop into your executable put a button i presume somewhere in your app and it allows you to get feedback much more readily from your beta testers than you normally would so if uh, a user testing your app finds a problem or gets an idea about how to implement something they can very easily go to this back channel feature inside Mm -hmm. of the app itself and write you a note 
And then you as the developer have access to all of the conversations with each of your users. And you can like sort of converse back and forth with them. Um, and another feature is when a user takes a screenshot, when they're inside of the app with the SDK running in it, it can be automatically detected and posted to a discussion mm -hmm. on back channel. So uh, it looks really neat. It was just launched today. Um, they have pricing. They're just kind of getting off the ground. Sure. Uh, if you're an indie <laughs> developer, uh, you get unlimited channels and up to 15 users for $15 a month. Mm -hmm. uh, for companies who are doing a lot of beta testing, uh, they get 1,000 users for 75 a month. And mm. then there are enterprise-level, you know, where you got to call people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much money do you have? Exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, the SDK itself is open source and on GitHub. So some people appreciate that. Uh, otherwise, uh, it looks like a, a pretty funky little bit of functionality to add to your SD to your app um, when you're in the beta testing phase. Interesting. I think there's going to be a lot more services like this available for people. I think this is another channel for developers to are making an income channel, if you will. You are not wrong. Uh, building, like, developers love to build for developers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, you're your own audience. You understand the needs so well. Um, yeah, but there are a lot of such such things out there for that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Very hard to make money off of tools, though. Hmm. Having, having been there, I can say that. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Uh, Jaime, do you have a pick? I do. Um... And where I might have mentioned before that, uh, you know, on the watch is not like a necessity device. And I think a lot of that comes down to the features that come out of the box with the watch and maybe a handful of apps are kind of all I need. I don't really have a whole bunch of apps on the watch. And even of the ones I do have, I could probably remove plenty of them because I don't use them enough to warrant having them there. Right. So I, the compelling app story is uh, a bit difficult, but uh, an app that I, I can recommend at least one that I found that it works for me and I've, I've not tried any competitors is uh, grocery shopping list by Capitan, not to be confused with El Capitan, the Mac OS version. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure they did that on purpose. <laughs> Probably because <laughs> the version one of this came out in like September, <laughs> looking at the history. So sure. they knew for sure there was, there was no mistakes. So it's an iPhone app as well as a, an Apple watch app. And, and the watch app is the one I use, you know, of most interest because the iPhone app is, is, pretty straightforward. You go in and you add in kinds of things that you want. You can make lists for, oh, I need groceries or I need to buy things for the party this weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's got a really nice slick, just start typing and it auto completes with different, um, almost like tagged categories, right? So you could start typing, you know, D-O and it's like door, dog food. Yes, dog food. And so, okay, great. That's in the pets category. And you can recategorize things if it turns out that it somehow didn't have something in its database. And then the watch piece is nice, I think, because it's really straightforward. You just mm -hmm. go into the app. It shows you the list of things that you've got. You can very quickly check them off and say, yep, I got the apples, I got the pears. And it just kind of gets out of your way. It's not a snazzy so app. It's, you know, it's not going to win a whole bunch of design awards, I don't think. But <laughs> it gets things done. You get in, get out. Boom! No fuss, no muss. So, do you set the you set the uh, cat, the items in the categories on the phone? Like you create the lists on the phone and then check them off on the watch, or can you add things on the watch? Um, as far as I know, there's no way to to add them on the watch 
have to double check the FAQ. There's no force touch option um, mm-hmm. nor anything else. So it's really just a well, not quite a read only experience. But all you can do is just like you know check. Yep, got shower gel, got dishwasher detergent. Whereas, oops, accidentally tap that one. Tap it again, and instead of being crossed out, it'll mm-hmm. you know uncross itself. So for text entry, do we have access to the to to speaking to Siri when we're doing text entry on a watch app, or yes, is that only for Apple at this point? No, you can you can do dictation. In yeah. fact, that's one of the things that a lot of folks recommend you do, right? If you're going to yeah. take any yeah. sort of text from the user, don't don't try to make a keyboard type experience. No, it's the wrong yeah, way to go. Yeah. Use the Apple remote, Siri remote on your TV. Exactly. Hmm. Cool. Now, it looks it looks interesting. Like there's similar. It reminds me of um, of that. Uh, um, it's it's very similar to like a tags kind of experience where you've got like you, you have these tags that are I guess if you're frequently buying croissants you can just drag them onto the list is that the idea or they're not draggable or, or you know I could try it again I don't think they're draggable they're just more like tappable so is that my list like the the stuff I see there on the screenshot on the app store yeah so if you're like looking the at the, the parsnips and yeah yeah so if you're looking at there it's showing that parsnips is what you are getting there and the category is vegetables. And then right, you can look right. at the next line down. There's a category of meat, which is beef. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine you're, you know, getting something for a cookout or a barbecue or something. Right, right, right. Um, it is free on the App Store. I don't recall there being any in-app purchases. Not seeing any listed on the yeah, I don't see any the yet. page. What I do find amusing looking at this App Store page is that it is categorized as you must be at least 17 years old to download this app. Mm-hmm. unrestricted web access and infrequent or mild alcohol, tobacco or drug use or references. Well, I'm sure there's probably beer and wine and what have you in, in the list, right? So. so yeah, that's exactly what I went to go check. I was like, what, what can you put on here? I started typing yeah. in, you know, questionable things. It's like, uh, beer is the only one that I could think of. <laughs> like, I think that's a little, uh, overreaching by the guideline there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's other things you can buy in, in Washington, state of Washington that, could be on this list too, right? Oh, you know, I didn't try that. <laughs> I'm sure that's regional though. <laughs> Has to do with your locale. See, so doesn't find weed about marijuana. <laughs> no, no. How about you could type uh, it in yourself, and you can put it in Mary category. Jane? Yeah, exactly. So things it doesn't find, as I mentioned, you can Hawaiian, you, can add there. you know, exactly. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, Mark, do you have a pick or? I don't have a pick, but I'll do a follow up to Jaime's pick from last week. Uh, that app. Her story, the game. Yeah, I've been playing that. It's it's really interesting. It's really pretty cool. I haven't mm-hmm. finished it yet, so don't give any spoilers. But uh, yeah, I spent a few minutes, pretty much every day, just kind of going through it a really? little bit. And today oh. I had a, uh, a a pretty big uh, reveal revealed, uh, which mm-hmm. is I think it's probably the big shocker of the whole of the whole thing. Really, but I won't say what it is. Colonel um, Mustard in the boardroom with the exactly. crowbar. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. That's right. It's so difficult because, as I mentioned before, it's difficult to talk about the story other than the very, very beginning part because you'll spoil things. And if I'm I'm almost certain what I know what Mark is talking about, I'm not going to reveal it it here because it's it's the big one. But but we can't talk about it. Okay. Although it does get it does get kind of hard at the end to figure out which ones. Well, so you can look at the little map of which videos you've seen, which clips. Mm-hmm. Right, and I've seen there are little holes in there, and I can't figure out how to fill in some of those holes. It's it's kind of a it, it's pretty challenging. Did you have the same experience, Tommy? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've I've not yeah. completed the game. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, the hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I got yeah. to the end of the of the game, and as I mentioned uh, the last time for folks who missed it, 
you can get through the path that says, oh, okay, glow, you found the shortest path to get to the game, or maybe you took a slightly longer path. But yep. there is a path where you can get 100% completion by right. having seen every video clip. And that's kind of how I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, as I find new clips, I'm sort of arranging them in order at the bottom, and I'm trying to build the whole thing. So maybe it's taking me longer than it would otherwise, but, uh, but, I, but I find it kind of interesting to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So good pick. Interesting. Well, my pick is is sort of, a, I haven't really opened up the tin, as Aaron would like to say yet, but uh, today was my wife's birthday, so I, I got her a copy of Osmo, which is a um, a gaming system that uses your iPad. Um, are you familiar, guys familiar with it at all? Or Nope, not at all. Okay, so it started out as a Kickstarter program about, I want to say, 18 months ago, and it started shipping about a year ago, I think. And what it is, is it's a game, it's a a game system, like a, a system of games. And it's a little stand that you put your iPad on and then you put a little mirror over top of the uh, camera on the, the front, the, the front facing camera. And then, so it, it, it watches what you do in front of the iPad on the table in front of you. So if you have, it'll present a puzzle to you. Like it gives you some of those, you know, um, Tanagram, I think it's called. Oh, uh, I've seen those. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, with Tanagram, you you it gives you a puzzle, and you have geometric shapes, and you have to make like the rooster and the cat and the pig and whatever. Um, but also for and the reason why we got a, my wife for my wife, obviously she's not a kid, but um, we just had a granddaughter who's now turning six months on Saturday, so. You know, we went through the the iPhone iPad experience with the two grandsons who are now eleven or twelve and ten, um, and you know they're avid iOS users. And I know Aaron, your daughter, probably is an avid iOS user as well, right? Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft, yes, yes, very much Minecraft. But um, so this is kind of cool. And what what I like there's and there's it, it turns out so I bought a system of it and it comes with three games and there are different games. So it's kind of a how do they describe it? Like a game library. Um, like there's a numbers game and there's an alphabet game. Um, there's one cool uh, couple of videos on the site where you can one called Masterpiece where you can learn eye hand coordination for drawing, which is again up my alley, right? Um, you know, because a lot of people don't learn how to draw or they give up learning. They, they learn how to draw when they were kids and then they get discouraged in school and they give up on it altogether. I think anybody can learn to draw. But, um, and it's just a matter of, of, so you can take a picture, you can turn it into a line drawing, and then uh, it shows you the line drawing on the screen, and then you have a blank piece of paper in front of you, and you're actually drawing on the table in front of you while you're looking at the iPad, and it's showing you where you're making the lines, right? Um, so you end up with a physical drawing as well as one on the on the computer screen. So kind of cool, cool little uh, system of, of games. They've got uh, five titles so far, and, and we'll see how far we go with it. Osmo. It does look nifty. Um, and you said this was a Kickstarter before, right? It was, yeah, it started out as a Kickstarter, and then uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure when it actually started shipping. But, yeah, well, as you can see here, Time, Time uh, voted it uh, 2014's Best Invention of 2014, so award-winning game system. Coolio, eh? I don't think the site works with Ghostery. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I, no I've, got, I've got Ghostery running. It's working yeah, fine the, for me. Yeah, the buy page doesn't load unless you turn off Ghostery. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That may be true. That may be, and by the way, it's cheaper on Amazon than it was on the App Store, Apple Store. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Okay, so that's it for the week. And so, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Well, normally I would tell you to go to Twitter, but uh, this week I'm looking for work. So if you're interested in finding an iOS developer for contract remote, uh, check out my website. It's innovative.com, and it's spelled with a trick, my last name, I-N-N-O-V-E-G-H-T-I-V-E.com. That's my company's site, and you can learn more about me and give me a call. Alrighty, and Jaime, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Easiest way is on Twitter as at dev with a hair. And Mark, by email? Mark R at smapsoft.com. Alright, and my name is Simitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter and my website, it-guy.com, and somewhere I started a now page, but it's, I don't know where it is. It. <laughs> <laughs> it-guy.com slash now is that what it well is? you would think so but i think i have to do a redirect because my uh, my wordpress isn't set up that way so but i did i, I do also have timmatr.com which i use for uh, wordpress testing and so i did a now page over there as well so anyway that's it all right <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next week bye bye-bye bye if you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find the summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press that recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. dog has yet to make an appearance on this show <laughs> she doesn't like coming down the stairs of the basement that's the big thing oh well you know it's funny because you know mac who has the run of the house right we I, we installed a winder box at the top of our stairs because we moved our, our basement stairs so it's, it's it's kind of like you know they're, they're like the 45 degree angles and then they go down you know what i mean oh yes yes i do so he kind of looks at the, he's never been in the basement because that's where the cat does his business right <laughs> and we just don't want you know, dogs just love that stuff apparently right oh really i didn't know yeah that. yeah that's what they say doggy doggy godiva they call it but he, so he's never been in the basement he's been in the basement like if i let him in the back door and that kind of stuff but yeah he's never actually been down the stairs or up the stairs so to him it's like this you know keep away zone but i wonder if it's maybe a I can't imagine it's a basement thing. I'm sure dogs have been in basements before, right? Sure. No, in my dog's case, it's the stairs. They don't have backs. So it really yeah. freaks her out when she looks at the stairs. Oh, right. They're open. <clears throat> open. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.